previously on Modular. Bradley and Inverna survived the mutiny on the Dancing Delight, although Kastisha, the first mate, did not. Our intrepid duo then fought off attackers from a ghost ship. Now they near the Thundercliffs and the hopeful climax of their quest to stop Talos. It's been a long day. It's yeah. been a long day. How yep. so? I woke up at six. It's now nine. I Damn. had court at eight thirty, and then I came home and changed, and then I went to a work. Uh, I went to a meeting. Okay. At like twelve, and then I had to do reading for a class, and then I went to class at two thirty. And then I had to do something for my soccer team. And then I had to do reading for a class that I have tomorrow. God and damn. then I went to this uh, appellate court thing where I teach high schoolers how to do moot court. And that was from 5 to 7. And then I got home and I ate and I laid on the couch. And then I'm now I'm recording this. Wow. That's crazy, bud. So there you go, audience. That's our banter. Um. I woke up at 1 o'clock today because oh. I stayed up till 4 a.m. playing Elden Ring last night, which, when this gets released, that's not going to be as topical, which is unfortunate. Dude, I've been thinking about that with some of our banter that we talked about. Like, I think I mentioned Legends of Vox Machina. Yeah. By the time that episode releases, I mean, it's just... It's just not going to be... Just not going to be, like, everybody's not going to be talking about it anymore. Exactly. Um, but while it is still fresh in my mind, I do want to talk about. Um, I Elden really Ring? like Fue Coco. Oh, you like Fue Coco? I like Fue Coco. Yeah. He's, Which of the three would, would be your favorite? You think? I don't. I I am a coward. I have to. I have to see the final evolution. Yeah, before but I, I mean, commit. what you've seen so far. I don't know. I mean, I guess Fue Coco. Yeah. He's just so unique. He is. He's very, very unique. He's fuck. He's he, and he's he's Fue Coco. Here's a hot take. I actually think that Quaxley looks better better than Sprigatito. Okay. Because Sprigatito just looks like a cat. Yeah. And Quaxley has like the cool little hat hair. He does, and his blue feet are like he's not just a duck because the because birds with blue feet is like the blue footed booby, you know. Yeah, he's a booby. He's a booby. And I don't, I just, I, I really hate cats. Yeah. I don't like cats really at all. I'm just like, yeah. when some people are like, oh, I'm a cat person or oh, I'm a dog person. I'm a dog person in the way that I love dogs and I, I hate cats. Okay. So it's, it's pretty intense for me. I, I really commit to one side. If so there was a war, if there was a war. Between dogs would, and cats, you would, you would yeah. uh, be on the side of the dogs. I would buy a rifle and I would. I would kill cats. 
Um, so since they're all based on, uh, since they all have like Spanish in their names, I've heard some people say, what if you pronounce Quaxley like Quaxley? Ah, well, that's the sound a duck makes. Yeah. It goes qua. You know what else a duck says? Hello. And welcome. My name is Thorn George. My name is Luke Job. And this is Modular. The podcast where we take you through the modules written by Wizards of the Coast for the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons. That's right, Quaxley. These are the pre-written stories made by the folks who made up Dungeons and Dragons. We didn't write them, but we're here to run them for you. And why would we do that, Coco? Well, Sprigatito, maybe you're a DM who is thinking about running a particular campaign and you want to get a feel for how it plays out. Maybe you're a player who's already been in this particular campaign and you want to reminisce on the good old days. Maybe... You want to be the very best. <laughs> maybe you traveled back in time to the Cretaceous period and... In between getting chased by T-Rexes and Triceratops and all these other strange and magnificent animals that you have never seen before, you did manage to bring your phone, and this is the only piece of modern reality that you have left. And this is your this is something that you actually downloaded. Thank you for that. That's very Yeah, we flattering. appreciate the download. Um sorry about your circumstance though. Yeah, good luck. Good luck out there. You're going to need it. While you're worrying about those tritephalons eating you, you should be warned. Each of our episodes will take on a part of these pre-written adventures that you no longer have access to because you're stuck back in time. That means there are major spoilers for the key plot points of each story we're running. You're not worried about that, though, because you're going to die soon. And right now we're running Stormlord's Wrath, a campaign you will literally never run again because you're stuck in a swamp being devoured by a snake with wings. So if you don't want spoilers, which you don't care about because survival is the only thing you're worried about right now, you should leave now. And I don't mean leave the podcast. I mean you should leave the swamp because, no, seriously, that snake with wings is right behind you. And there is one other warning we should offer them. That's right, Cash Etchum. Modular is not a podcast for children. It contains explicit language as well as adult themes like sex, alcohol, drug use, violence, and snake devouring. So please be aware of these not-so-kid-friendly themes. Now, without further ado, welcome to... Modular. And our finale of Stormlord's Wrath. the Pokemon theme, but it's just Sprigatito over and over again. Sprigatito, 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 S
toe. Sprig a toe. Sprig a toe. Sprig a Nice, nice. Uh, we need to call up Game Freak. They need to we get do. in on this. We, we're we're going to make them some money we're is what gonna we're going to do. We're going to make them some fucking money. Hey, gang, we got a big we got a big offer for you. We wrote a song, and you, mm, you're going to fucking come for it. And they're going to say, Domo? They're going to say, Nani? No. All right. Can you go ahead and roll me initiative, please? Oh, yeah, because we're fighting uh, Seagull's dad, right? Well, sure. Yeah. I got a 10. Hmm. That's not great. Yeah, there's a crab as as large as a dragon currently holding you up in the air uh, in this rowboat. You know what's funny? Uh, in in uh, Elden Ring, I've been fighting giant crabs, and before they would kick my ass, but now I kill them in one hit. Wow. Can you remind me your max HP? My max HP is uh, 66. Nice. At the top of the order, you see Stanzantar, she yanks out a scimitar, and she says, Talos, if you wanted to kill us with a sea creature, you might have tried something more intimidating. And she slashes at this claw that's just on this boat she oh, hits yeah. and she hits again she just fucking swings she's a she's quite literally a swinger what a badass and she deals a, a whopping 11 points of damage with both hits yep that's total damn okay 1d6 plus 3 she rolled a 3 and she rolled a 2 it is your turn you see she's just standing up you are at least 30 feet in the air so and I below actually, uh, i have this uh i guess it was at, i guess they updated something in in bards recently because i now have this uh combat action just called kill crab oh you, you use two bardic inspirations and uh -huh. you just automatically kill crab yeah i and i actually that's, what, I, and that's exactly what it says it just says kill you kill crab yeah, yeah, I, I heard about that. Um, Chris Perkins had put that out. And and I, when I read it, I did see there's a caveat. If you use it, then your balls fall off. Like in real life or like... In real life, oh, yeah. It's I a power... D&D is a powerful game. Yeah, so well, it's up to you, buddy. You want to do it? I You know, I would totally... I, I actually do... I don't want uh, children. So yeah, I'll totally kill crab. For sure. Oh... You had to have balls in the first place to use it. Damn. What a juvenile... What she a sexist turn, rule. Right? What a sexist rule. Yeah, that's your turn. That's, you tried your best. Uh, 23 to hit with my mace. Okay, that hits. That's going to be 7 points of bludgeoning damage against uh, this crab. It's just... It's claw. You just crack it in the claw. We get some melted butter... This would be a fucking feast. Delicious. Well, you you crack the pincer. Stanzantar slices the pincer, and now 
and Vern is just going to try and stab the pincer. That is a 13. It's a little bit wet, right? It just it came out of the sea. It glances off. It just kind of doesn't connect. But then the second one, she kind of yanks it back up and deals a whopping 15 points of damage to this Fuck thing. Fuck yeah, Inverna. Just with one hit. It's now the giant crab's turn. I'm going to remind you, you're in a rowboat. The crab just did some damage to the rowboat. The rowboat usually would have 50 HP. Right now it has 44 HP. Okay. And the claw just begins to squeeze the rowboat. And the rowboat takes 34 points of damage. Jesus Christ. As it begins to crush this thing. You can see it starting to cave in. And it is not long for this world. Inverna quickly looks to you and she said, she kind of looks over. You look over. It's not, it's not just 30 feet into water, right? Like that wouldn't be so bad. Like people do that all the time, just cliff jumping. It's just, it's those sharp rocks and those sharp reefs that I was talking about before. That looks like it's what, what would catch you. Not only that, but you're not sure that you would make it down without maybe getting swiped if you jumped uh, because you would, unless you disengaged. Because you're still passing by. This this crab has another claw that could just easily kind of swipe you out of the air. You and Inverna kind of link up with that, like, what the fuck are we doing? Stans and Tar kind of gives you a crazy laugh, just, <laughs> Talos, you son of a bitch. It will take more than that to kill us. And she slams her scimitar back down into this claw, connecting twice and dealing Ooh, another whopping, this time 12 points of damage. The crab's claw looks hurt. Otherwise, crab crab looks like he's triple digits okay. What would you like to do? So I'm 30 feet in the air. Are we near the shore at all? You're a thousand feet from the shore. Is there anywhere like, say, on top of the water that would be, that I could stand? So, so what you're looking at is like on the reef or the sharp rocks. Remember the remember. I know you love this movie, Peter Jackson. Peter Jackson's King Kong. Yeah. Do you know all those rocks they were dodging through? Yeah. That's what you're looking at. So there are big rocks jutting out of the water that you could easily, not easily, but you could stand on. That are like thirty, fifty, eighty feet from you, all in different directions. Okay. Then Inverna says to you, as you're looking around, she says, when I grab onto you, she's yelling. The, the wind is just buffeting you. Rain is coming down. So she's yelling, but it's, it's reasonable. She, has, she yells, when I grab onto you, don't resist. And you do remember that she has a grappling hook arrow. I do remember that. I also say, I'm not going to have to. And I grab her by the wrist and I use Dimension Door to teleport us onto a rock, uh, a nearby rock. Hell yeah. We'll say there's a rock that was just like due south behind you that you blink to and you're 50 feet from this crab. Were you able to bring Stanzantar with you as well? I can only bring one. Okay. 
you bring Inverna. Cool. You got anything else you want to do? Um, that was my action as a bonus action. How far from me is Stanzantar? 50 feet. 50 feet. I say, Stanzantar, you have to get to safety. That rowboat's not going to hold on much longer. You've got this, though. And I'm going to give her bardic inspiration. Okay. Hell yeah. She she looks like a mad woman, just in this rain, lightning coming down. And this crab is kind of holding her in the air, like almost like a trophy. And she's just slashing away at, at its pincer. And Verna pulls out her bow. She's like, we still got to fuck this thing up some way, somehow. She hits and she crits on one. Oh, shit. On a 19, she crits, which is nice. So she deals 8 plus 18 for 27? 27 points of damage. You see Crab Shell kind of, you know, comes together in a part. She hits it with one arrow, kind of chips away at it, and then the next one sinks in between the kind of protective shell. God and damn. This, this crab kind of... I don't, I don't know what noise a crab makes. <laughs> kind of cries out. I can imagine this crab would like have some kind of roar, even if it was just like releasing air from its body and not an actual like vocal cord roar. That's true. So it's like this. <sighs> it's like. <sighs> And it claws, it claws into the boat, dealing the remaining 10 points of damage it needs to to the boat, just shattering it, and, the, and then the 21 rolling over onto Stans and Tar. You see it just crush this thing effortlessly. She's kind of pincered, but then not really grabbed, and she falls, and she takes another... There's like no spot of just clear water that she could land on. No. But she only takes eight points of damage from 3d6. So she hits the water and there she is in the water. It's her turn. I'm not sure I know how water combat works. When making a melee weapon attack, a creature that doesn't have a swimming speed has disadvantage on the attack roll, unless the weapon is a dagger, javelin, short sword, spear, or trident. A ranged weapon attack. Oh, this is underwater. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that she's like, she's a good swimmer. She's a fucking sailing captain. She's gonna swing without disadvantage. She only manages to connect once, dealing this. Huge giant crab, five whopping damage. It is your turn. Lethenda, allow me to strike true. I need this crab to make me a dexterity saving throw. All right. Dex, believe it or not, is not his greatest. That is a 14. It fails. 
and it takes 24 points of fire damage as I launch a fireball at it. You watch as it kind of connects right in its face, and all this water in the air just kind of turns to steam now that it's just got this steaming kind of blackened face, and it's just crying out, <laughs> swinging these giant <laughs> these giant crab arms. Inverna turns to you and she says, that crab is going to kill her, and then it's going to come for us, Bradley. We need to get to the shore. We need to take care of these cultists. We're a thousand feet away. How do you expect us to get there? Swim. Swim hard. What's my and swim speed? With the, It's half your movement. She puts her bow on her back, and she swan dives into the water, lands so without hitting... So she doesn't hit any rocks, but Stanzantar does. Well, Stanzantar didn't jump. Oh, uh, okay, that makes sense. And Inverna is swimming as hard as she can, full plate mail, which probably makes zero fucking sense. She doesn't sense. have to. She can walk on water because she has that ring. <gasps> you gave that to her. That's right. She does not swan dive. She just leaps down, and you see her just fucking sprinting over these waves, just kind of rocking up and then back down and up and back down, leaping over reefs, reefs and she's... She's making her way towards the shore. This crab attacks Stanzantar. Hits. Stanzantar has 36 HP. She just took 31 points of damage. As this thing just yanks a claw down and just snips her. And she is now grappled. It is her turn. But... Remember, she does have bardic inspiration. She does. Her speed is zero. That's it. All right, she's got the bardic. She needs to do some damage to Krabby over here. So she swings. What? Oh, she's definitely rolling her bardic. And a 13 becomes a 17, which hits. Seven points of damage, and then she's just stabbing this thing in the... F oh, fuck. She rolled on that one. She stabs it once. And you see it's just kind of chopping into the softer part of where the pincers meet, trying to break free of her grapple. Then she goes to chop again, similar to Inverna's sword, kind of hits a wet spot. Her scimitar slips off and falls into the water. She tries to break free of the grapple, and she cannot. It is your turn. I... She's about to die, just so you know. And she's how far from me? 50 feet. 50 feet. Okay, bonus action. I am misty stepping. 30 feet. 
and then I'm using my movement to get the 20 extra feet closer. Okay. Uh, you would... There's no... You would be swimming. You could only get 15 feet. God damn you. But you're just trying to... You're just trying to... Give this crab a new target? Yeah. Yeah, you can do that. You're swimming. Okay. You still have an action. I know. I'm going to pull out my hand crossbow, and I'm going to shoot at it. Okay, you're just kind of doggy paddling, firing upwards. Go ahead and roll to hit. It's a thir- it was almost an at 20, but it, was an- it landed on 8, so 8 plus 5 is 13. It... Bounces off crab armor. I. Okay. Inverna has completely left you behind. I know. She's running to the shore. This crab notices you. And he's going to swipe at you instead. Just kind of in the water. That is a 23 to hit. 23 hits. I'm going to say, Talos, your crab is not but meat for me to feast upon. And I'm going to take away a d8 from its damage. So it does four less damage to me. So 24 is knocked down to 20. That's fine. It picks you up, and now you're both grappled. And just kind of in its hands. You see stands in Tarkin of struggles, and then with her claw attack, she's just going to try and claw into this thing's soft, meaty middle between the pincers. How is she? Are we, like, next to each other? Like, if I reached out, could I grab onto her? I would say you are about 15 feet from each other, like, claw to claw. Okay. She deals... Nine more points of damage to this crab, and it is your turn again. Bonus action, I'm misty-stepping to be on top of the claw that she's on. Okay, hell yeah. And as an action, I'm going to use my mace to just try and hit the soft spot. Okay, go for it. That's going to be a 25 to hit. That hits. She needs to make a save, by the way, so. It's uh, 10 points of damage. 10 points of damage. All right, I'll let her, I'll say that you do this quick enough. I'll let her make her save with advantage. You watch as you crack it. The kind of thumb pincer pulls back. She gets her feet up, pushes, dislodges herself, kind of claws her way up, and you're both standing on this thing's arm. Okay. And she, she is free. She looks at you and she says, Bradley, you are quite the warrior. And I don't mean in the bedroom. And she smiles at you. Now this crab has to pick a target. I'm going to... You want to be odd or even? I'll be odd. Okay. Thorin's going to be able to see this. He will know who I'm targeting. Okay. 
just rolled. Before it rolls, or I guess, yeah, no, before it rolls, I'm going to say, You cannot win against us, crab! And it has to subtract three from its roll. It rolled a natural 15. You knock it down to a 12. Stan's and Tar's AC is a 15. It swipes and hits the air and just completely, like, just inches above her head. You see it would have easily just squished her skull the way she's looking. And while the other hand is there, she's got to try and slash at it with her claws. She hits and then she crits. Fuck yeah. So four plus 12 is 16 points of damage. This thing has less than 20 HP. It is your turn. The crab? The crab has less has than, less 20, than HP. 20 HP. Yep. Shit. But when I go, it's also going to it's gonna go after me, right? Yep. And it can do a lot of damage. It does 4d10 plus 5. How much less than 20? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't even have to tell you it had less than 20, so you're welcome. I'm going to say, can you swim? She nods. I'm going to grab her wrist. And I'm going to say, I'm sorry. We can't experience the victory of the kill today. And I'm going to Dimension Door teleport us 500 feet towards the shore. Okay. You exit combat as you teleport both of you to safety. The crab seems confused. Just kind of pinching at the air. Doesn't know what the fuck's going on. And you see now Inverna has, is actually behind you. But you two are swimming. So if, if she's running and you're swimming, you'll probably get to the shore around the same time. Okay. While you're swimming, I'll say if you want to heal her, you absolutely can. I'm absolutely going to. I'm going to cast a, a third level cure wounds on her. Okay. And she regains 20 hit points back. So she's at 25. Cool. And then I'm going to first level Cure Wounds myself and regain 5 hit points. Or 9 hit points. Shit. Hell yeah. Alright, you keep track of your health. I am. Because I don't have a I'm up to 55 now. Just 11 less than normal. But I don't have any 4th level spell slots unless we want to Unless we want to wait for eight hours. Good luck with that. Okay. You swim to the shore. And go ahead and make me a constitution saving throw. 500 feet of swimming in, in some seriously tough waves. I got a dirty 20. Your muscles ache and burn, and you can feel the the biting cold on this fall day in the sea, but you do not suffer a point of exhaustion. 
you hit brown sand and kind of crawl to the shore. Stanzantar crawls with you and kind of lifts you up. And she just licks your face and she says, There is no doubt in my mind, Bradley Copper. You saved my life. I couldn't You've let done you it. die. You've Not done it twice now. You made to your crew. She nods at that and she kind of rubs your chin. She says, I appreciate you. Inverna runs up to the shore and she says, all right, I'm, gl- I'm glad you both made it. Listen, the woman we're looking for, all right, she's a half-orc. She's got thick black hair. Last I saw her, she had some tattoos. She's 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 big. She's mean. If you see her, you kill her, all right? Well, you don't kill her. You, you stop her. You, you grab her. You tie her up. I'll kill her, okay? I'll be the one to kill her. Stands and kind of looks at her. Who's say she's here in Verna? Th- this is their hideout, Bradley. This is what we've been waiting for, all right? It's time to cut the head off the snake. What do you think we're doing here? We're here to rescue Tarbin. Tarbin? Who's... Who's Tarbin? Oh. What, the bard? Yes. Uh, you realize that... And Verna's been doing pretty good with you. And I don't want the audience to think this is some weird character jump. But you remember now when she told you about the cult the first time. Yeah. And how much bitterness was in her voice. You can tell she feels extremely close to a goal that she's had in her mind for 20 years. And it's a different side to her. She does not seem like a hero. She seems like she's out for revenge. Stanzantar says, perhaps we should just worry about saving the innocent people. And before she can really finish that sentence, Inverna says, who the fuck asked you? All right? This is our mission. You got us to the beach. Just sit the fuck down. Wait on us. We can do this without you. And Venom, we don't Bradley. even know if this woman is still alive. She's alive, Bradley. I can feel her. She's here. Are you going to help me or not? I am. I'm with well, you. Let's, yeah. let's go. It looks like we can go up the beach or we can go straight in. And you see, it does look like there is a path that leads straight into some caves. It also looks like up the beach, you see there is a rowboat. And if you would like, you can make me a perception check. I would like. I got a 20, a dirty 20. Okay. Go ahead and make me... Well, two things. So, first thing you notice is just about three feet. If you had walked like just a, a little bit further towards these caves, you might have hit a tripwire. The wire is almost invisible. It is so thin, but you did, none of you hit it. You also see, or hear up the beach, although you're hearing mainly the echo of the waves in these caves, there is definitely some talking up the beach. And there's no there's no tripwire that you can tell up the beach. There is a tripwire right there. And you could try and mess with that if you would like. Let's go up the beach. I hear some talking. We can 
get some information out of anybody who's there. She nods, stands in Tara, looks at you, and she says, Do you want me to come with you? I wouldn't want you to risk your neck for more than we're paying you. It's entirely up to you whether you come or not. She nods and she says, well, you're paying me a pretty penny. I will come with you, but do not think less of me if I have to flee. I won't. There's a rowboat. I fully expect you to take it back to your ship. She points out about five or a thousand feet away. You can see there's a giant crab just kind of freaking out. <laughs> she says, she says, I, I don't know if I can make it past that, but we shall see. You walk up the beach, and you see that the rowboat is actually severely damaged, and it's leaning against a ledge. Atop the ledge, a handful of workers offload crates, boxes, and barrels from this small ship. They grumble and grouse about this menial labor, agreeing that they did not seek the power of the Stormlord to be forced into playing the part of glorified longshoremen. I need you to make me a stealth check. I get advantage on those. And Verna gets disadvantage on those. So I, my first roll was a 22. Let's see if I can roll a natural 20. And Verna got a 21. 12. Okay. You got a 22. Stans and Tar got a 21. And Inverna got a 12. You see four very distinct cultists come to attention kind of raise crossbows. One of them says, Who goes there? They've only noticed Inverna, right? Oh, let me make a perception check on you two. Because I was having it be a group thing. But yep, they have only noticed Inverna. You're just, you and uh, Stanzatar cling to the rocks. Just kind of like almost below them. She holds out her hands. She says, I'm Invernon Nightbreeze. I am former Sheriff of Phandalin. And I can either be your best friend or your worst enemy. Now tell me, where is the half-orc woman? One of them kind of glares at her and says, what, you mean Feralai? Uh, she's in there. What you want with her? Why don't you go ahead and just take that sword belt off? She says, now listen. Seems like y'all are unhappy with your employment. Maybe you turn the other way. You'll have new bosses soon enough. Does that sound good? She's going to make a persuasion check. And she kind of pats her coin purse as she says this. You kind of hear some mumbling. And then one of them just says, Oi, she's a fucking intruder! Kill her! And it's time to roll initiative. I got an eight. OK. 
Okay. What's your HP at? 55. As soon as they say that, you see Inverna just whips out her bow and she fucking faster than you've ever seen her is firing on these yahoos you hear a distinct cry as one of them gets shot not killed and then her second arrow she's moving too quickly just never knocks into the bow she dry fires her bow and the arrow falls into the sand as she rolls a nat one Mm. with literal cat like reflexes Stanzantar swivels away from you like pounces up this cliff face it's only like 10 feet they're only standing like 10 feet higher than you but with her claws she's just coming at these dudes and incredibly embarrassing she moves quickly but she's swinging wide uh no connection one of these dudes fires on inverna and you just see a crossbow bolt bounce off of her armor the other three have a crazy cat lady in their face. They start swinging on her. She's hit once. She's hit twice. She's hit thrice. She's critical missed. And she's critical hit. <laughs> she takes 24 points of damage. And as one dude kind of swings the wrong way, she just slices him with claws up under his armpit, deals him six points of damage. But she just got fucking rocked. She has one HP left. And it is your turn. You said there are three dudes on her. How close together are they? Uh, All within five feet of each other. Okay, like, I'm going to... Just like... Straight in front of her, to her right, to her left, and then off further to her right, there's a dude shooting at Inverna. I'm going to cast Shatter in a way that'll hit all three of them, but not her. And they need to make me each a constitution save. Is there a way you can hit the fourth dude or no? No. It's only a ten-foot sphere. Oh, yeah, no. Okay, that's a 14. Okay. For the, the injured dude that she claws. That's a 17. Passes. For, I'll call him Derek. And Charlie gets a 5. So, injured dude and Charlie are going to take full damage. Uh, Derek's going to take half. Full is 18. So half would be 9. Injured dude has blood like flying out of his ears ears he looks rather fucked up Derek looks fine and charlie looks hurt inverna i have a bonus action and movement still oh what are you gonna do i'm gonna come out of my hiding and i'm going to move can i climb up the cliffside Oh uh, yeah, climbing is half speed, so you have more than enough speed to just like shimmy up. Then that's what I'm gonna do, and I'm gonna try and 
put myself in between these guys and uh, Stanzantar. Okay. Cool. You come up. You look more intimidating than her. No doubt. You have better armor. You have... You're bigger. You're not as hurt and not as bloodied. So we'll see if that's effective. Can I roll intimidation as I approach? Um, Like, you know how in Return of the King, Sam's like... Ah, ah, and his shadow like starts to scare the orcs. That's kind of what I want to do. Like, especially okay. with that thunder. It's yeah. just a thunderous like... And then as I'm climbing, going... Yeah, go ahead and roll me a, uh, an intimidation check. <laughs> 14. Okay. Nobody seems particularly intimidated, but you never know. And then I guess I'll... Now I'll stand in between. Okay. Inverna sees one of the dudes attacking. She kind of just swivels to her left a little bit, and the guy that's like on the opposite end of you attacking Stanzantar gets an arrow straight through his head, and he falls down. She then rolls another nat one, and you hear just a sickening crack, reminiscent of the one that Falcon unfortunately faced, and her bow breaks in half as she just pulls way too hard. She's just fucking angry, and she doesn't know how to channel it, and she breaks her tool. Stanzantar is going to disengage, and she says, I'm sorry, I couldn't be of more use. You can do this, as she looks to you, and she does a fucking, almost like a swived-on backwards backflip off of this cliff, lands in the sand, and then runs like another 20 feet just to get away. Okay. Two versus one. Odds are against you. (laughs) This dude that shot at Inverna will do so again, and he will miss again. As this time, you see one bolt is coming straight for her face. Her plated forearm comes up. Grieve just blocks this thing, swats it away from herself. She has not taken any damage. Then you've got four swipes coming at you from two dudes. A 13 to hit you. Misses. A 6 to hit you. Misses. A... 21 to hit you mm, and a 16 hits. to hit you. Those both hit. Charlie, who looks kind of fucked up, really swings with some purpose and you take 16 points of damage as he slices... 16 points of damage? Yeah, he gets his blade in between your legs and slices your inner thigh and just... It's more than a nick. Now you're really starting to piss me off. Inverna has no other choice. Now that her bow is broken, she yanks out. Well, she climbs up. And you climbed up like a rock climber. She climbs up like a rabid dog all at once, just pulling herself up. And her sword is in her hand in a flash. 
she she fucking stabs a dude straight through his head. She kind of slices him once across the face and then pulls and shoves again really quickly, stabs this dude through the face, and he's dead. That's the dude that was shooting at her. So there's still... Two guys. Two guys. What would you like to do? I need them both to make constitution saving throws as I cast Thunder Wave. And she did She did just go before you. That's my bad. That's fine. All right. Constitution saves. A 13. Fails. And a 16. A 16 passes. So 16 is on the, on the more injured dude, luckily for you. So the 16 is going to take half damage of whatever I roll and not get pushed back 10 feet. The whatever, the other one failed. It's going to take full damage and get pushed back 10 feet. That's going to be nine points of thunder damage, and that guy's going to get pushed back 10 feet from me. He falls off of the cliff, and he takes another four points of damage. He's not dead, though. The other guy takes what? Nine, half down to four. Four. Okay, they're both alive. Both with five HP. Inverna went, skewers a dude. Guy next to you is just going to swing again. Nat one, your mace just comes up, clocks him in the jaw, and roll me damage on your mace. Okay. This could kill him. Actually, it will kill him. If he only has 5 HP, I do uh, D6 plus 5. So regardless of what I do, he's dead. Yeah, so you watch this dude's jaw unhinge from his face. The guy that falls on the ground just pulls out a crossbow. And he says, uh, uh, And he throws it in the sand and he says, uh, oh, I surrender. I'm going to... You said he fell down the cliff? I'm going to yeah. jump. It's only 10 feet, so I can jump yeah. down there. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to jump down and just land and try and, like, tower over him as much as I can. All right, go ahead and roll me Intimidation with advantage. That's 22. Let's see if I get a natural one, a natural 20. Yeah, it's 22. You land, and he kind of falls onto his ass, scooting in the sand. He says, no, listen, listen, I, I just said I surrender. Please don't hurt me. I point my mace at him and I say, you tell us what we want to know and maybe you'll live. Inverna is next to you and in an instant, her sword goes through his face and pulls back out. She looks at you and she says, we already know what we need to know. She's here. Let's go. I need... I need to rest a minute, Inverna. Rest? She could get away. From where? We're here at the front. There were no other entrances into the into the caves. How or else do we, we would have taken them. How do we know that? Inverna. You're going down a dark path. You won't feel better from this. You won't get any form of reconciliation. You'll only no. feel empty. No, 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 you're right. You're right, Bradley. You're right again. You're the hero. All right, you're the one everybody loves. I'm just the fucking sidekick, 
Okay, yeah, let's have our little rest. Let's take a rest. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's sit down. No. Let's take, let's... You know what? No. Inverna, if you want to go in there and you want to commit suicide, be my fucking guest. No, let's rest. We need, we need to take a break. Come on. I... I don't like her attitude, so I'm going to start walking away from her. You go that way. I'll go home. <laughs> Where are you going to rest? Stanzenclaw, and I'm going to say, Stanzenclaw, are you good at, at disarming traps? Stanzenclaw, are you good at disarming traps? She kind of looks back up the beach. She's just kind of huddled against a rock. She comes back over and she says, uh, Yes, Bradley, I, I, I certainly could try. What There's a tripwire like up ahead. So could... just just so you know, now that you've come up this far, there's another way into the caves. There is another way into the caves. Yes. This boat is kind of obscuring it, but you can see there is a narrow path further east along this kind of shore. Um, so if you would like to go in that way instead, you could. That's what I'm going to do. Okay. And I'm going to smash the boat as I walk by with my mace. Okay. Inverna catches up to you. She says, you want them to know we're here? Is that what you're trying to do? You can be mad at me, but don't ruin the mission, goddammit. Will you make up your goddamn mind, Inverna? Are we going to go in? If we're going in guns blazing as you just did here on the beach, might as well let them know. She very quickly grabs you by the collar and slams you into the rocks. And you see there are tears welling in her eyes. She says, Bradley, I told you before you're the best friend I ever had. Do not fuck this up for me, all right? You got a daddy. You got a mama. They love you. You might be a spoiled little brat, but they love you. And I love you. But I ain't got nobody else. Alright? You gotta let me avenge my fucking people. If you fuck this up for me, I will... N I swear to gods. Every god. I swear on Talos, Lathander, the god of fucking tits and wine and vengeance, I will never forgive you. I just kind of shove her off of me and continue walking. You come up just about 20 more feet and you see there's a clear fork. There's a fork. It goes to the right and you can see from the right there is water. Like it just kind of goes into a sea cave. To the left, it's more sand. Go ahead and make me an investigation check. Natural 20. To the right, there are no footprints. To the left, there are many. I'm going to point it out. I'm going to say, there's footprints that way. That's so the we way we go. Follow. Did you just say we shouldn't follow? Yes. Don't we want to not let them know we're coming? That's the way people are. We're trying to kill them all, aren't we? 
I'm just going to start walking. To the left or to the right? To the left. You round a bend, and you see that there is some water to kind of pass through. But you also hear voices. I need you to go ahead and roll me a stealth check as Will and Verna. Get advantage on stealth. I got a 24. You move incredibly quietly on the sand. And Inverna is moving quietly to to her credit. But the DC was 20 because there's been a lot of yelling and a lot of smacking. She only rolled an 18. And that was with disadvantage. God damn. You can hear her plate metal hit just a little bit. But before that happens, you can hear a few things. You hear someone say, Just let him die. You only sent him here to look after me. You're going to get that ship. You got the bard you want. Let me keep doing this. We can set up shrines all along, and I don't need him. You hear another voice. Gadriel, you are a beautiful warrior. And I'm proud to have you in our army for the Stormlord. But Savandal is useful. Do not underestimate that. Shh! Someone's coming. You come around the bend. It's dark. You have dark vision. You see two women speaking to each other. One of them is kind of seated in a in a pool, like it looks like a kind of like a rock, like earthen jacuzzi. Yeah, like a like a hot see, spring. Yeah, exactly. And you can see the steam rising off of it. She's she's an elven woman. She's completely naked. You can see tits out the whole shebang. Next to that jacuzzi, there is. What you can make out is just a fucking ugly dog just kind of laying there, but now its ears are perked up. It's looking across at you. Then there is a half-orc woman, and she's speaking to this other person. And she seems to be... Her hair hair is black. And her face is covered in tattoos. And... They look across this water, just about 20 feet, kind of a pool, and they make eye contact with you and Inverna. And instinctually, Inverna's hand grips yours, and it clutches tight. And she does not sound like the badass warrior you know her to be. She sounds like a scared little kid, and she says, Bradley, that's her. We gotta kill her. And Feralize squ- back, and I'm gonna say, then let's do it. This half orc woman 
kind of squints and looks across the way, and the elven woman says, Feralai, do you know these two? Feralai looks, and she kind of smirks, and she says, I recognize that brand on her face. She must have met me before. Interesting. What do you think? And Gadriel, who she was addressed to earlier, she kind of stands up, and steam is rising off of her body as she stands out of this pool. And she says, I think I'll kill him for you. Go ahead and roll initiative. Son of a fucking bitch. Son of a bitch. God did five. At eight. Eight is my initiative. You said eight? Mm-hmm. What's your HP at? 39. At the top of the order, Feralai, who you know to be the leader of these cultists, kind of smiles, and she says, Oh, sweet one, if it was revenge you were looking for, for I'm sure something nasty I did to you, you won't be finding it today. Ta-ta. She kind of waves, and you realize she's an illusion. And she disappears. She's a fucking illusion? Okay. Okay. This elven woman puts her hands together, kind of slaps them together, and then, like, with some of this water, like, throws it into the air and says, Die! And she is shooting something nasty at you. Can you go ahead and make me a dexterity saving throw? I sure can. I get... I, I am proficient in those. Oof. Oof. I got a rolled. 13, though. Inverna rolled a 4. Woof. You both fail. And you're getting hit... Getting hit with chain lightning. Mm. Oh, you are lucky I rolled like dog shit. You each take 36 points of damage. As this lightning just fucking blasts you. Blasts her. You're at 3 HP. She's at 22. It is Inverna's turn. She kind of gasps. What? Where's she? Where'd she go? Where'd she go? Where'd she go? Gadriel smiles and she says, She was really here just a day ago. You barely missed her, love. Inverna charges across the water, which you can tell this woman in the tub was not expecting for her to be able to walk across this. And she rushes just fucking head in. This hellhound kind of perks up. It's a hellhound? Yes, it is. Fuck. 
and Inverna is going for it first because it looks intimidating as fuck. She hits it with a 16. She hits it with a 25. And she deals it 18 points of damage as she slashes into its snout. You can kind of see smoke spray. And she, this this woman cries out, Gadriel cries out, Tooth and Claw, kill him! It's the Hellhound's turn. The Hellhound kind of breathes in, and a blast of fire comes out towards Inverna. She has to make a dex save, which she succeeds on, and she takes 10 points of fire damage as she just kind of twirls her body away, kind of dousing some of these flames as sand kind of comes up from her feet. But she's at 12 HP. It is your turn. I'm going to cast Shatter to hit Gadril and the Hellhound. Absolutely doable. They both need to make me a constitution saving throw. That is a 7 from the Hellhound and a 15 from Gadril. Gadril just fucking succeeds. Hellhound doesn't. 26 points of uh, thunder damage to the Hellhound, 13 to Gadriel. You watch as the Hellhound just gets fucking eviscerated and dies. And what'd you say? 13? 13, yeah. I'm going to... It's going to be my voice booming. You will not succeed here! It echoes through the chamber... Inverna kind of ducks her head down, just avoiding all of this, as it just, it the sound just doesn't quite reach her. You have a bonus action, and I will remind you, you have a lot of big healing potions. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. I was totally going to, okay, yeah, I'll definitely, um, I'm going to use one of those as a bonus action. How much does that heal me for? Uh, I think you got the like the medium one, so it should be 4d4 plus 4. 4d4 plus 4. Rolled. Uh, I get 10 HP. <laughs> All right. So I'm up to 13. Perfect. <clears throat> you watch as Gadriel kind of steps out of this pool. You see a... She kind of touches the water of this pool and a sword made out of ice has kind of formed into her hand and she just rushes at Inverna with insane fucking speed and I'm going to use, I'm going to say, you will not hit her! And she has to take three away from whatever she rolls to hit. Well, she wasn't going to hit anyway with a 13 but knocks down to a 10. She kind of looks at you. The sword goes wide. Inverna kind of matrix dodges it almost, and she deals no damage to Inverna. Inverna... That was my last bardic inspiration. All right. Inverna looks fucking pissed. And she says, Where the fuck is she? You just fucking tell me right now. And she starts swinging. Oh, that's a crit on a 19. She just critted twice. Holy shit. So that's 22. Oh, that wasn't a great roll. 
22 plus 10, so 32 damage. Jesus Christ. Would have been a lot nastier had she rolled better on that second one, but she rolled a 1. Okay. You watch as she just slices into this lady's chest and then back across, like just into the clavicle, just ripping the flesh from the bone. You can just see bare bone is exposed as she gets hit. It is your turn. I, bonus action, gonna drink another one of those uh, potions. <laughs> okay. I think you had five of them. I did, yeah. So 44 plus 4. Please be a bigger number this time. That's gonna be 9 plus 4 is 13. Hell yeah. So I'm up to 26. Nice. That's my bonus action. What did you, what are my, I have a mass cure wound scroll, and then I have a revivify scroll. And I think those are my only scrolls, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then I have the orb that releases the giant scorpion, and then I have the rock that... What does the rock do again? Uh, if you toss it out, it's just going to be using um, Vicious Mockery for for uh, one minute of combat. Okay, that actually... That's great, because that makes me want to use Vicious Mockery. So I'm going to use Vicious Mockery as my attack, and I'm going to say... You fucking buffoon. I bet you don't even know where she is. You wouldn't tell us. You couldn't tell us anyway. And she needs to make me a wisdom save. She looks at you and she says, Oh, I'm the buffoon. Look at you bleeding all over the place. And with that, she casts Counterspell on you. Is Counterspell... Can that... It's a cantrip. Can that be countered? Casting a spell of third level or lower... Let's see, can you counterspell a cantrip? She should have counterspelled your fucking shatter if I had seen it. Yep. Yeah, uh, cantrip is technically a, a zero-level spell. Can't Counterspell cancels any spell being cast that's third level or lower. Okay, so now I need to make the wisdom save, is what you're saying. No, she, no you're, you just... Counter, if it's third level or lower, it just it fails. You just don't oh, okay. vicious mockery her. So, damn. That was her turn. No, that was your turn. That was her reaction. She puts her hands together and just kind of pulls them backwards and then forwards, and she is going to cast Lightning Bolt on Inverna, who only has 12 HP. She's also going to upcast it to fourth level to add an extra D8. Inverna. Fails her save. I really don't need to roll for this, but we're gonna. Yep, Inverna goes down. You watch as an explosion of lightning hits Inverna. You kind of see like bits of her plate mail kind of go flying off of her, and she just flies across this room, sliding into the wall, kind of landing, and she is down. She will be making death saves. How far from me is she? She is... Really, she shouldn't have made it to that hellhound that first round, but she's about 40 feet from you. Okay. I'm going to... run over to her using my action to sprint. When You have to go through this pool... Which means when you hit it, your movement speed is halved. 
Okay. So you, I mean, it's like right in front of you. So as you go into it, I need you to make me a strength saving throw. Twenty-four. You get through it just fine. So that would be instead of twenty, that's it takes forty feet of movement to get across. So you're so gonna I have still have dash. twenty left. Yeah, you're dashing. Yeah, yeah, you still have twenty left. Yeah. So yeah, you you get to her. Cool. And then I'm going to. It's an action to feed someone a potion going to uh, healing word her. I'm going to say, come on, Inventa, nice. get up. You got this. You can do this. And she regains six points of health. Nice work. She kind of looks up. Oh, I also, technically, she should have had a death save before that, but it is now irrelevant, because even if it was in that one, she would have been fine. She looks up, and she says, Bradley, she, she got away. She got away. Focus, Invena. God, I don't want to kill you, but I'm not going to take it easy on you either. She kind of takes her left hand and just makes this giant circle with it, and a cone of cold blasts you and Inverna. I need you to make me a constitution saving throw. How far away does Cone of Cold hit? 60 feet. Of and you're, it does. you're about 20 feet from her. Got a 12. Alright, that's a fail. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you go down, as does Inverna. Okay, that's great. How are you gonna how are you gonna get yourself out of this one, DM? A absolute blast of cold air hits both of you and you just feel it you take half damage oh my god on cold damage and you can use your reaction to take no damage holy shit i can how oh right isn't that what you did in the fucking dragon fight isn't that what the tattoo lets you do i don't remember Bro, you gotta write your shit down. I do. No, hold on. It is... I should have it. Tattoo. Damage resistances. Tattoo. Which one was it again? You had cold dam- uh, cold absorption. Damage absorption. When you take damage on the chosen type, you can use your reaction to gain immunity against the instance of the damage, and you regain a number of hit points equal to half the damage you would have taken. Once this reaction is used, it can't be used again until the next dawn. Inverna goes back down... You were at what, 26? Yeah, I was at 26. So you would have taken 48 damage. <laughs> Holy shit! Now, I just saved your ass by remembering that for you, but still, you use your reaction to absorb this spell, and it heals you. And Gadriel's eyes kind of go wide. And she says, who the fuck are you? Is it my turn? It is unfortunately Inverna's turn. She's making a death save. She rolled a 13. Oh, thank God. All right, so she's got a success under her belt. 
What would you like to do? You said she's 20 feet away from me? She's 20 feet away from you. I'm going to run up to her and I'm going to strike her with my mace. All right, go for it. That's a natural 20. Oh, shit. All right, let's see that damage. That is... That's nine points of damage. Okay. How, how bad is she? How hurt is she looking? She looks way more hurt than you now. Hell yeah. Any bonus actions? As a bonus action, I'm going to say, Inverna, get up! And cast Healing Word on her. Okay. <laughs> That's going to be seven points of health. And I'm going to look at her right before I strike her, and I'm going to say, I'm Bradley fucking Coppa. <laughs> and hit her in the face. Hell yeah. She kind of reels from that, and she says, All right. Ice won't do it. I guess fire will have to. And her hand kind of comes up, and it just kind of lands right next to your head. She casts a fireball behind you and on both you and Inverna. God I need you to make me damn a it. dexterity saving throw. She's upcasting this at fourth level. Son of a bitch. I hate this woman. I rolled a 12. Again. Oh my God. Inverna goes back down. You watch just out of the corner of your eye as she's blasted against this wall once more, hits the ground, lands in the dust. You take 45 points of damage. 45? You you failed, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah. 1 plus 3 plus 2 plus 5 plus 7 plus 8 plus 5 plus 8 plus 6. Why were mine not ever doing that well? I don't know what to tell you. This is big boss fight, buddy. Inverna lands in the dirt one more time. <laughs> Just getting battered. Absolutely battered. <laughs> She's gone down three times now. I'm just imagining. It's like, oh, I'm down. Get up. I'm up. Down. Get up. I'm up. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> I just, I legit, in our home game, back here in Albuquerque, we just did this fucking session where I used Greater Invisibility as my bard, and I think I revived seven people in a fight. Jesus. All, and all, it was all healing word. Just, I was stabbing people, and then bonus actioning, healing, healing word, word, and I Hell just yeah. kept picking people up, and they kept going down. Well, I am, um, I'm out of spell slots now, so. Oh, fuck. All right, well, it's your turn, buddy. Gonna hit her with my mace. It's gonna be a 17 to hit. That is a hit. She's naked, right? She's naked. She's got 12 AC. Okay. That's gonna be max damage of 11. Alright. And then I'm gonna use uh, left hand, come up at her with the hand axe. That's gonna okay. be uh, 21 to hit. That hits. And that's just a D6, not a D6 plus 4, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, you okay. don't add anything. That's five points of damage. How do you kill her? I'm going to say... You're strong. But you're weak. And Talos is a weak god who will be stopped by me. And I'm going to hit her across the jaw. And then I'm going to cut her head off with my hand axe. There you go. I'm going to have Inverna make a death save. 
and I'm going to walk over to her and pour one of my she potions out, huh? into her mouth. Ooh, actually, no, I'm going to fucking use my scroll of mass healing. What am mass I doing? Healing. Yeah. Yeah. How much uh, does that mass do Mass cure for? wounds. Yeah, mass cure wounds. How much does that do for? 3d8 plus your uh, uh, charisma modifier, we'll say. So normal cure wounds does uh, plus four. So 3d8 plus four. That's going to be 17 plus four, 21 hit points back. 17 plus four. 21 to both of you, correct? Yep. She sits up and kind of gasps, <laughs> coughs up blood on you. Uh, you kill her? I did. She clings you to her chest and she says, I'm sorry. And then her eyes kind of go wide and she says, Bradley, behind us. And you see from behind you, there are more cultists entering this room. Okay. Cool. She kind of gets to her feet and she says, we should run. How many cultists? I think enough to kill you. <laughs> because this is, a really, <laughs> this is a really fucking tough dungeon when you don't have... Also, keep in mind... DMs listening, we've talked about how this is a kill box. You have to keep in mind, we are playing with... It's a one-man campaign. You know, a lot of this wouldn't be so bad. It would be... Three. You see there is a drow. And you see there are two big boys. And... One of them kind of speaks up and says... You killed Galadriel. Not Galadriel, Jesus Christ. You killed Gadriel. You must be stopped. They draw their weapons. And from behind them, you see a cat claw come around one and just scrape a dude across the face. Just fucking his cheek is just ripped from his skull. And there is a commotion. And Stanzantar looks to the two of you and she says, Run. Run while you still can. And she begins fighting. What are you going to do? I feel like her dying so we can escape is a good redemption from <laughs> what she was doing. But I also, I feel like Bradley, after wasting so many spell slots to keep her alive. Is invested in keeping her alive? Wouldn't want to see her die. Okay. Get in there. So I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to, Take out. I'm gonna reach into my pocket, and I'm gonna pull out an orb, and I'm gonna say, "I knew my training was good for this," and I'm gonna throw this, and there's gonna be a giant scorpion enter the fight. Wow! All right, so you're staying and fighting. I'm staying and fucking fighting. All right. And I'm gonna say, Inverna. Head back to Leilon. You have to get revenge. You're not dying today. One can I roll moment. that? Can I roll persuasion for that? Hold that thought. You said giant scorpion. Yeah, yeah. that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Oh, they updated the encounter builder. Ooh. You look into Inverna's eyes. She looks down and grabs your forearm just kind of grabs it and looks at it looks at her arm 
and squeezes you tight. A tear rolls down her eye and she says, I'm sorry if I let you down. You didn't. Now go. She books it. What's your initiative? Do I want do do we get to re-roll? Oh wait, what'd you roll? For oh yeah, re- yeah, yeah, oh, re-roll. Okay, yeah. I rolled a fifteen this time. Nice. Nice. Alright, and your HP is at what right now? Twenty-six out of sixty-six. Do I get to control the scorpion? Like, am I playing as a scorpion, or are you controlling it? Uh, I'll, I'll roll for him, but you tell me who you want him to attack. Okay. At the top of the order, Stanzantar is swinging her way through enemies. She's already dealt eight points of damage to somebody. You said there are three of them, right? Yep. Yeah, so she's already dealt a fuck... Oh, she dealt seven originally, and she just rolled two more sevens, so that's 21. One dude looks already about dead. Uh, he sees a giant scorpion is in this room, so he <laughs> he pulls out his mace and he's just swinging at a scorpion, and he's connecting, dealing your scorpion. It has fifty two HP. Oh, okay, cool. That's all I and need it to ta- know. It takes eight points of damage. Uh, another dude swinging at a giant scorpion. These dudes are pretty. These dudes look like they hit harder than the guys you were fighting outside, and scorpion takes another four points of damage. Who would you like the scorpion to attack? There is this drow, and then there is... Does it only get one attack? It gets a two with its claws and one with its stinger. It gets three attacks. Oh, okay. Well, then, yeah. I'm just going to do one for each. I'm going to do the two claws on the big guys and then the stinger on the drow. Okay. Injured big guy gets hit and takes three points of damage, but he is grappled in one of these claws. The uninjured big guy gets hit with a natural 20 and takes 16 points of damage and is grappled with the other claw. The stinger stings out towards this drow, and he deftly maneuvers out of the way, just dodging it. It is your turn. I'm going to say, you can dodge one, but you can't dodge them all. You're slow. You're weak. And I'm going to vicious mockery and he needs to make a wisdom save that is a 12 he fails and he takes four points of psychic damage and he now has disadvantage on the next attack roll it makes before the end of its next turn okay make me a perception check on this dude perception you say yep Ugh, 12 he uh he kind of looks hurt yeah yep a little bit he looks like he's he's like he's reeling from another fight. With disadvantage, he's swinging at your scorpion, and you see also. No, twelve doesn't show you that. He still hits with the twenty-one, and he deals your scorpion twenty points of damage. Twenty on on one hit, and your scorpion's got twenty HP left. What the fuck? Stands and tar rips uh this. First thug's throat straight open, blood spewing on her fur, and she says, Bradley, I told you to run. I'm pretty invested in your survival right now. Not going anywhere without you. This other big guy cannot hit your scorpion. It's your scorpion's turn. He's grappling both of these dudes. Oh no, one dude's dead. So he has a free claw, and the other claw has advantage on attacking. So the free claw is going to attack the drow. 
hits. And he's grappled now. Dealing 10 points of damage, yes. And so that would mean the stinger would have advantage on him. I don't think grappled makes you have advantage. I think when you're grappled in that claw, you just have advantage because you're squeezing. Okay. So then the other claw is going to squeeze the first guy, the big guy. You watch as this dude's eyes pop out of his head uh, almost comically as he's just squeezed to death. And then I'm going to get him to sting the drow. Drow takes 11 points of piercing damage. And as he's pierced in the neck, you see some like green start to form in his like the whites of his eyes and foam and like froth. He starts frothing at the mouth and he just looks at you and he is killed and the fight is over. How long does my scorpion stay? I I don't know if I think I said an hour. Okay. I am gonna go over and I'm gonna I'm gonna pet it gently. And I'm gonna say you did good. You did very good. Nice. He he kinda nestles into you and stands in touch says that thing is absolutely disgusting. Uh, a quick search of this room finds you a wand of magic missiles. Okay. A potion of vitality. Okay. Three decorative daggers, which look like they would go for a pretty penny. Okay. And a small chest with 300 gold in it. Okay. Vitality. Not that. You said three decorative daggers? Yep. Okay. And then 300 gold, you said? Yep. Cool. Anything else? Nope. Cool. Is there a way that I can check further into the cave without being seen? The two of you, you and Stanzantar, make an exhaustive search of these caves. Other than hearing some incredibly deadly sea hags off into one direction, you look just about everywhere, and you do not find the bard, Tarbon Tool. Son of a bitch! And kind of remembering the conversation that Gadriel and Fairly were having with one another... It seems like they had some big plans for him, but you couldn't quite tell what. Something about a ship. We have to... Coming here was worthless. All of it. Sure, we killed a few cultists, but ultimately, we found out nothing. We... Nothing. This was a worthless trip. I guess let's just go outside. As you are walking back through Gadriel's chamber, why don't you go ahead and make me a religion check? Religion, you say? Mm-hmm. Thirteen. You see that there is like a charred kind of mass from probably the fireball that went off in this room. You also notice that the the well or the kind of hot spring has stopped bubbling. And as you and Stanzantar make it out into the open, you see that the sea is calm. The rain has stopped and the skies look Cloudy, but more peaceful. Let's see if we can find something to take us back to the ship. The two of you work on this little kind of dinged up. Is Inverna anywhere small nearby? Small ship. Inverna's gone. Where the fuck did she go? She's gone. You two work on this small ship for a bit. You remember she could walk on water, so she probably. Oh yeah, that's true. 
And I guess my scorpion's gone too, right? You Damn. say goodbye to your scorpion before he... I give him kinda... a little kiss. And I say, have fun in the ether. <laughs> and he says... <laughs> and he's gone. Damn. Kind of reminds you of Seagull in a way. It does. That's exactly what I was just thinking. Fuck, now I want a giant scorpion as a pet. Or a fucking mount? Shit. You Make take... it happen. <laughs> You take a lot of time working on this little ship in, I'd say, six hours-ish. You're able to actually put it in the water. It seems like it's good enough to make it a mile back to your ship. And it's it's kind of like seen from Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, it's sinking as you're making it Did, to the uh, ship. You said they were unloading boxes and stuff. Was there anything in those boxes or barrels? Yeah, you want to check those guys out? I would love to. I mean, I'm assuming we're taking them apart to put onto this rowboat. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're, uh, these are all trade goods. But as you're kind of investigating them, it's like all really big stuff that you, you're you just like, what the fuck am I going to do with this? But as Stans and Tars looking it over before you sail out, she says, we need to take all of this with us because this is thousands of gold worth. We will bring it back to Leilan and... I don't see any reason why the town does not keep it. This will... I mean, this is just a week's supply of goods that you're getting for free. So... I mean, absolutely. If we can fit it on here and get it back, I would love to. So as you make it to the ship, it's quite dramatic. Like, the crew's like, oh, shit, get it up, get it up. Like, those those are, those are good seeds. <laughs> <laughs> Yanking shit up. They get it back on, onto the ship. And you kind of look up, and one of the crewmates says, uh, What, N- no Inverna coming back with you? I guess not. Stands into our looks at you, and she says, I-, I thought she would have come to the ship. I don't know where she went. Where was her hometown again? It's, it's nearby Neverwinter. Okay. Do you tell... Tell the crew to raise anchor, head back to Leilon. Yeah, might as well. Is the is the giant crab still out there? <laughs> giant crab's nowhere to be seen. Oh, okay. Uh, instead of taking you... Your son was a good friend to me, giant crab. <laughs> <laughs> instead of taking you, what, four days? Yeah. To, to get back to Leilon, it only takes two. Hell yeah. Do me and stands in tar... You know, I think I think you probably hang out a few more times. Okay, that's cool. On that trip it. back, when you get near port, she gives you a kiss goodbye and she says, "Bradley Copper, you are the third most amazing man I've ever met in my life." Stanzantar, you are the most incredible Catwoman I've ever met. <laughs> so, she says, "Have you met many?" A couple. They send you back in a dinghy. And you make it back to port. And one of the first people you see on the dock is Sergeant Yoram. And he says, Bradley, we, we are so glad to see you. I, I, I am. Uh, it is very good uh, that, that you made it alive. Of course, I'm glad to see you. But that no, no good, good for nothing. Uh, a friend of yours. She up and left. She came by, grabbed her things. She's gone. She abandoned Fandolin, she abandoned us too. 
Ah, uh, it is okay. We'll get you a better friend, no? Here, Yoram. I brought something for you. And I uh, start handing him the supplies. And I say, and you know what? Honestly, you can take credit for this. He kind of furrows his brow and he says, wow, uh, thank you. That means a lot. Okay, I will. And <laughs> he, he kind of waves and he says, look at what I found, everyone. And he's kind of waving people over. As you're walking off the dock, Valdi kind of walks down the steps and she says, um, seems like, seems like Inverna left just this morning. Did she now? In what direction? Uh, she, she went east. Into the swamps? Mm, no, no, not quite. The swamps are kind of south. Yeah, that would definitely, that would lead into okay. the mirror. Yeah, yeah. For sure. So yeah, you say that and she says, I, I suppose so. She says, it would seem so. Then I can't be too far behind her. Did she take a, what was her horse's name? Spring Breeze? Uh, Gentle Breeze. Gentle Breeze. Did she, she take grabbed, Gentle Breeze? She grabs your arm and she says, you're going after her? Of course. She's my friend. I'm not just going to abandon her. She says, you may want to read the note she left for you then. All right. You walk back to your tent. Sure enough, just kind of clipped right there to the flap is a note. It says, Bradley, I should start by saying I'm sorry. I've been reckless in my pursuits for this cult, and I think it's time to give up. I know it's going to hurt having me leave you behind, but somebody's got to stop them, and I'm not the right person for the job. I'm too close to it. I'm too attached to it, and generally I'm not good enough for it. But you are, and I have faith that you can do what I couldn't. It doesn't hurt knowing that I won't be the one to avenge my father. It does hurt thinking about not seeing you tomorrow, or the next day, or the day after that. I want you to know I, I'll be nice to people, people that don't look like me. I'll try to help them, because I am good at helping people, and I know that, but they've got to be different people, in a different place, attached to different things that I'm not so obsessed with. You were right what you said in the caves, if I had killed that woman, it probably would have only brought me more grief. I'm tired of living for revenge. It's a shame, because I was getting pretty used to living with you. I love you, Bradley. I'll see you in another life, buddy. And then it's signed in Verna. A tear rolls down my face. I fold the note up, and I pull out a little box in that I, that I store in my backpack and inside of it is a is a small handkerchief that I took off of Quinn one of the times that I was carrying him up the stairs and I put the note in there and I closed the box and then I just put it back you hear footsteps from behind you and as you turn you see a very small frame it's Bernice the little girl who you saved the life of and she says hey Mr. Coppa well, hello, little Benice. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm pretty bored, though. I was going to ask, um, well, I was just wondering, would you sing me a song? I would be delighted. Okay, perfect. And she kind of takes a hand, puts it in her pocket, pulls out a little crushed up flower, and she passes it to you, and she says, here you go, that's payment. Oh, that's... Way too much. I don't think I can break it. You go ahead and hold on to it. This one's on me. 
She puts it behind her ear. She sits down on the ground. You sit down with her, pull out your lyre, and you sing her a song. Modular is Thorin George as Bradley Copper and Luke Job as our DM. The story you heard today, as well as 99% of the characters, were created by Wizards of the Coast and can be found in the module Storm Lord's Wrath. Holly Lyons is our fantastic editor. Bethany Gray does our gorgeous cover art. Devin Clark is our talented webmaster. Our music today was written and performed by Max Hedman. You can find Max's music anywhere you listen to music, and you can find his website link in the description of this episode. You can follow us on Twitter, at ModThePod. Join our private Facebook group at the Modular Podcast Fan Club. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at the Modular Podcast. And subscribe to us on YouTube at the Modular Podcast. Here's a quick shout-out to our fantastic webmaster, Devin Clark. Devin is a newer member of our team. He has created our website, which is yet to launch, but it will be launching soon. He also created our link tree, which you can find on our Twitter and our TikTok and our Instagram to link to every other social media we have. Devin put in all of this work actually without being asked. He's just a good friend of the show and ended up telling me, hey, I made a link tree and a website for the podcast unsolicited. Um, We appreciate him greatly. He is a fantastic human being. He has a great laugh and uh, just such a pretty boy, honestly. Like, you got to see the guy. He is fantastic. Thank you so much to everyone who's been sticking with us through this show, whether you started all the way back in 
2021, January 2021. Wow. Um, and you've been here, or if you're new and you just hopped on and you've been binging, either way, we love you. We appreciate you. We just hit a huge milestone in that our show has gotten 10,000 listens um, within its first, uh, not quite year, but 13 months. I mean, that was incredible. Seeing that, it, it's very validating. It, it shows us that people actually enjoy what we do. Um, we see you. We love you. We cannot even begin to express how much that means to us. I mean, there are shows out there with the McElroys and with Brennan Lee Mulligan and with Matt Mercer and with Deborah Ann Wall. You're choosing to spend your life minutes listening to us. That is fucking huge. So seriously, uh, thanks again. Season four is about to come out. It's going to be fucking nuts. It's going to be gnarly. It's the rise of Tiamat. You're going to get to join Annie, Locke, and Voteroy and... Boy, oh boy, they are on a fucking mission. We can't wait you wait for you to see it. Well, you're not going to see it, but to hear it. Um, so yeah, we'll see you then. New episodes come out every Tuesday, and until then, thanks again for listening to Modular. Modular.